good to see a packed house again on a Sunday night. That's a, that's a good praise report. It's been a good day in the Lord for me. I've enjoyed being in God's house today. Amen. We are going to be in the book of Joshua. We started this a couple weeks ago, and then we had a lot of things come up on Sunday night, kind of had some other things we had to cover, and then we weren't here last Sunday night uh, for Mother's Day. But we are back in the book of Joshua. Lord willing, we will make it all the way through, but we're going to be in Joshua for a little while at least. We had kind of just kind of dipped our toes in the pool, you could say, a couple weeks ago. We're still in chapter 1. We're going to start at verse 10 tonight, and we are going to read through the end of the chapter. chapter. Just a just a short uh, few verses, just a, a short little sermon tonight, so I won't keep you guys too terribly long. Also, I need to address some Issues and that is, I got reports that there were some people out playing around the old fire spot down there a while ago, throwing sticks in. It's a safety hazard. It's dangerous, and there were some concerns. So, if you were down there messing with the fire, you yeah, play... I couldn't identify, but I was able to get an identification on clothing. Okay. You had a kind of black and white plaid type shirt. I was actually cleaning up the sticks. Pick up yesterday. He did not pick up. I him and nobody else, so I had to go down and pick him up on Sunday. Oh, Lord, forgive me for that. Oh, All right. They would have done their job. <laughs> you know, I think I think God just told me we need to talk about forgiveness tonight. We're going. <laughs> uh. Yeah, I don't get mad. I get heated. So. <laughs> he who is without sin casts the first stone. So, all right, <laughs> all right. We're going to pray, and then we're going to dig into uh, God's Word tonight. Dear Lord, we thank you that we can come, we can laugh and cut up and pick at each other, dear Lord. And what a great thing it is to have that love and have that spirit in this church. And so we thank you for that, God. We are blessed to be part of a church that uh, just can feel your presence, to be part of a church full of love. And help us not to take that for granted, God. Help us not to uh, give the devil a foothold in to, to mess with us, dear Lord, but help us to be strong, to... Pull in the same direction, dear Lord, to work together to help those in need and to do your work. And we just thank you, God, for your words tonight. And I pray that you would bless the reading of them. In Jesus' name I ask it. Amen. Amen. So for those of you who weren't here a couple weeks ago, since we're kind of in the book, I'll briefly go over what we did a couple weeks ago. And that is that Moses had passed away and he had passed the torch, so to speak, onto a younger generation. Now there, there, there were those who had doubted whenever the spies went in to look at the land that God had given to them. But Joshua was one of those. Joshua and Caleb were the two that believed that no matter what obstacles they may face, that God was going to give them the land they wanted. Well, because some doubted, they had to wander in the wilderness until those died off. But then there was a new generation that was going to come that was going to be able to live in this promised land. Now, you've got to realize that this, if this was the land that God picked for his people, it had to be some good land. And Moses was gone, but Joshua had this uh, task before him that God had called him. Moses had made known to the people that Joshua was the one who was going to complete the task. And I think we see that same thing uh, just in churches today. You see uh, pastors leave and new pastors come. And through different phases of, of life and history, God calls different people to different things. And we see that uh, continually just uh, in churches. We see uh, the changing of the guard with pastors. And that's kind of what we see here is there was a new man that God had called. And Joshua was to lead the people 
across the Jordan River and into the Promised Land. Now what we're going to see over the next few weeks is they're going to face some obstacles along the way. And last week, we, or a couple weeks ago, we had talked about where God had told them three times in the first nine verses, told Joshua to be strong and courageous, to be strong and courageous. God knew that they were going to face many difficulties, but God also told them that if they would trust in Him, if they would seek Him, that He was going to get them through it. And so uh, God had gave that instruction to Joshua to be strong and courageous no matter what comes uh, their way. And then we pick up here tonight... Uh, where we left off with that a couple weeks ago. Verse 10, Then Joshua commanded the officers of the people, Go through the camp and tell the people, Get provisions ready for yourself, for within three days you will be crossing the Jordan to go in and take possession of the land the Lord your God is giving you to inherit. Joshua said to the Reubenites, the Gadites, and half the tribe of Manasseh, remember what Moses, the Lord's servant, commanded when he said, The Lord your God will give you rest, and he will give you this land. Your wives, young children, and livestock may remain in the land Moses gave you on the other side of the Jordan, but your fighting men must cross over in battle formation ahead of your brothers and help them. Until the Lord gives your brothers rest, as he has given you, and they too possess the land the Lord your God is giving them. You may then return to the land of your inheritance and take possession of what Moses, the Lord's servant, gave to you, excuse me, gave you on the east side of the Jordan. Then answered they answered Joshua, Everything you have commanded us we will do, and everywhere you send us we will go. We will obey you just as we obeyed Moses and everything. And may the Lord your God be with you as he was with Moses. Anyone who rebels against your order and excuse me, anyone who rebels against your order and does not obey your words and all that you command him will be put to death. Above all, be strong and courageous. So we have some stuff there that, that, that may seem a little out of context because we haven't read about that in the, uh, this in this part of Joshua so far. But you can go back if you get some, a chance sometime and read uh, Numbers chapter 32. And what we see is, is, is that Moses is leading the people. There are these 12 tribes of Israel. And as they are going along the way, headed to the promised land, there are two and a half of them that find land along the way, and they decide that they would rather stay in that land, and that land is to the east of the Jordan River. And those two and a half tribes are the Reubenites, the Gadites, and half of the tribe of Manasseh. They desire to stay in this land for their families to be raised there and to raise their livestock there. It was a good land. They went before Moses. The Lord wasn't happy. That wasn't God's plan. That's not where he wanted to be, but that's where, he wanted, that's where they wanted to be. And so God allowed them to be able to make that their land under one condition. And that is when the people of Israel got ready to go into the promised land, when the rest of the tribes got ready to cross the Jordan and go into the promised land and face these enemies who were going to be there waiting on them, that the Gadites, the Reubenites, and half the tribe of Manasseh couldn't just sit behind in their land and say, well, we got ours, you go get your own. God said you must go with them and you must fight with them. You can leave your kids and your families behind, but 
the fighting men must get ready to go with the rest of the tribes into the promised land to help them fight to get the land that I have promised for. And so that's the context, that's the story of what's taking place in these verses. That's why Joshua calls out these two and a half tribes and tells them, look, we are about to go in and take what God has given us. We are about to go in and possess this land that God has promised to be ours. And we see the response of the people. They were true to their word. They said, look God, if you let us keep this land that we want, we'll go and fight. Here Joshua calls on them and says, all right, you Gadites, you Reubenites, and you half of the Manasseh that wanted to stay here, it's time to go fight. And they said, we're going to follow you. We're going to do what God uh, has led you to do when God leads you to go into the promised land. We're going to follow you into that. Now, God is perfect, and God has perfect uh, plans, I believe, for our life. He wants to put us in just the right place of safety and security that we trust in Him, that we're right where we need to be. But I was thinking about as I was reading this text, are we ever like the Reubenites and the Gadites and those from Manasseh? That is that God has a wonderful plan, but we think we know what we want. We think we got it just right. And boy, if we could just have this, if we could just have it our way, we would be okay. And obviously the land that they were getting was a pretty good land, but it's not the land that God had prepared for. And most of you, I would say in life, you've probably learned by this point, sometimes you get what you want and you realize it's not what you wanted after all. And so we need to remember that. While the people got what they wanted in these verses, we need to remember that we need to be patient to know that God has a plan for us. Now, Brother Ernie, he, he, I didn't clear this by him. He probably wouldn't mind me telling this story. He said it before, that house he lives in. He dreamed about having that house. He wanted that house forever. If he ever come back to Amet County, he was going to get that house. He come back to Amet County, he got that house. And now he wishes he didn't have that house. <laughs> it's all kind of problems. But he got what he wanted. Now, maybe that's where God intended for him to be, or maybe... God had another thing in mind. And sometimes we tend to jump the gun. Sometimes we tend to be impatient and we want to rush things and we pay the price for that. Because we pray and we pray and we don't feel like we hear God giving us the answer we want so we rush into it and then nothing works out, nothing falls into place and then, hmm, we go back and get to thinking and realize that we didn't do what God had intended for us to do. And so I think we can learn something good. Well, we don't see anything in these verses in particular that talk about what happened to these people. We do know, if you go back and read Exodus 32, that God was not happy with them for not wanting to go to what he had promised them to. And that's what we need to do is we need to make sure that we check with the Lord, that we're praying to the Lord, that we're where he wants us to be. We also see something good here, and that is that even though the people had received their land and their inheritance, they had been blessed and received their blessing that they were going to get, even if it's not what God wanted, that they continued to be there with the other tribes of Israel, that they continued to go along and fight with them. Now, they had promised that they would do that, and they kept their word. Even though they had received their blessings, they could have just said, look, we got ours. You go get your own. And I, I thought about that as I was reading. And I was thinking, what if they would have done that? Thank the Lord they didn't. But then I got to thinking, do we ever do that? Does God ever bless us? And God gives us 
whether it be talents or whether it be finances, maybe we come from a hard life or we're having a hard time making ends meet and all of a sudden we, we work hard, we get a job, God begins to bless us and then we forget where we come from and we begin to live only for ourselves and not help others who we could help. How many times in our life do we just get so selfish and so consumed with our own self that we say, I've got mine, I worked hard for mine, I'm getting blessed Everybody else can work hard and get their own. I think sometimes we can become guilty of those things. But we need to be reminded that when God blesses us, we need to help those that are in need. And it doesn't necessarily have to be financially, although sometimes that's the case. But when God gives you the ability to do something that somebody else couldn't do without you, I think we need to do that. It may be as simple as, Helping an old lady tote her groceries out at the grocery store. Now, that's something that we can do. It's easy for us to go tote our groceries out. We have the ability to do that, but there are some people who don't. And just thinking about those people who may be in need that don't have that we can help out. Now, I know that's kind of twisting. That's a little out of context to what the text is about. But I think that there's some good truth in that. And that is that when God blesses us with what we have, that we need to follow the example of the Reubenites and the Gadites and the half of the Manassans here, and that we need to go out and we need to work alongside our brothers and sisters in Christ. We need to work alongside those who are in need. Because what God realized and what God knew is that it was going to take all the people from all the tribes to go in and to conquer this land that he had put before them. Now look, God was on their side. He could have sent Joshua by himself if he would have wanted to in there, and God could have still led Joshua to defeat the armies. But in God's plan, he had chose for all the 12 tribes to be there to go in and take this promised land, and they all worked together. And that's an important thing for us to remember, church. They all had to work together to accomplish what God's plan was. And it's no different for us. It's no different for the body of Christians that we call Enterprise Baptist Church. We all have to work together to accomplish what God desires for us. I believe that. Maybe I'm wrong, but I believe that to be true. I believe that if you're sitting in this room tonight, that God has placed you here. I believe that God calls people to a church. I believe that God places people in a church. Sometimes you see people that leave a church and go to another church. We get people that come here from other churches, people that leave here and go to other churches. And sometimes God calls people to other churches. But if God has called you here and placed you here, it's because you have something to offer. It may be something simple. It may be playing a piano. It may be making a pot of coffee. It may be a million different things. But God has placed us here to be on mission for Him. And God places little missions up in front of us all the time. We had our Into the Harvest that we started last month, and we're doing that again in about another week or two. We hadn't forgotten about that. We just had a lot going on. And when we all work together, we've already begun to see fruits from that labor, just from going out into our community and seeing our friends and neighbors and saying, Hey, look, we love you. Can we pray for you? Come visit us at church sometime. God loves you. We'd love for you to come and worship with us. 
Just something that simple. And as a church, when we all work together, whether it's going out to our neighbors, whether it's going to the apartments, whether it's going to Haiti, whether it's doing a VBS, whatever it may be, whether it's church camp, when we all put our, our, our talents and our gifts and our blessings that God has given us, when we put those together and we begin to pull in the same direction, we begin to see God's blessings being poured out. Not just on us, but on those in the world. <clears throat> those who see the glory of God through our actions. Those who see that we're working together. That we love one another. Now I'm going to give you guys a word of warning. You better watch out, church, because the devil sees that we love it and we're doing a good job too. The devil sees that. And you better believe he wants to get one of us to act a fool. I'm telling you, it don't take but one. And if he can get one of us mad at the other one, and he can convince you to take this one side and you to take that one side, I'm telling you what. You say, oh, you, you're talking nonsense. I've seen it happen a million times. Maybe not a million, but I've seen it happen lots of times at churches. And that's what the devil wants to do. The devil does not want a sweet spirit. The devil does not want love. The devil wants us to hate one another. Now, praise the Lord, I hope, and I don't think anybody in here hates anybody else. I hope, I hope they don't. And if you do, you need to ask for forgiveness. But see, the devil, he'll do that. That's one of his greatest tactics is he will let that anger build up, get a little foothold so he can slide in there, and he'll take something good and he'll try to make it bad. Because he sees when God's people are doing good works for him. And I believe... by the, to God be the glory that he has used Enterprise Baptist Church to do a lot of good works. For 60-something years, this church has continued to do good works. There are generations of people who have come before us that God has used to do good works. And God has placed you here at this point in time to work together with your brothers and sisters in Christ to do good works so that Jesus Christ can be made known to the world and God can receive the glory. And if Jesus don't come back, I pray to the Lord that there are generations to come that sit in these same pews that you sit in that continue to do the work of the Lord. But we all have to work together. We all have to pull in the same direction. We all have to take our gift, whatever it is, and say, I want to use that for the Lord. Some of you are saying, well, I can't do this or I can't do that, and what I can do is so trivial. Well... I don't know what you can do, but I know whatever it is, you can do something for the Lord. We studied in Sunday school this morning about a woman named Dorcas, a.k.a. Tabitha. And what she did was she made clothes for the poor people, for the widows. Wasn't much, but she had a gift of sewing. So she sewed some stuff and gave it out to them. That's a good ministry. No matter what you can do, you can do it for the Lord. And when we all take our little things, no matter how small they may be, and we begin to build them one on top of the other and put them together... We come up with something that's magnificent. And I thank the Lord for you guys, you brothers and sisters in Christ, you pieces that God has put right here in this community. And we must focus on the Lord and continue to seek Him that He would guide us, that He would lead us to where He wants us to go. That place that He has prepared for us, those people that He has prepared for us, that He has called Enterprise Baptist Church to reach that we would reach those people and that we would work together to see His will accomplished. Let's pray. 
God, we come to you and I thank you for, uh, for loving us. I thank you for bringing us together. I thank you for the love in this place. I pray that you would protect us from the tactics of the enemy, that we don't uh, badmouth each other, that we don't have any uh, disagreement among us. But God, as we talked about last week in Philippians, that we would agree in you, dear Lord. I pray that you would give us doors to walk through, that you would help us to be on mission for you, God, that you would help each one in this room to recognize what gift or talent they have, and God, that you would help us to realize there is nothing that we can do that is too small that can't be used for your kingdom. So God, whatever, whatever gifts you've placed in this place, God, just put on the heart, on the heart of those who have them a leading and how to use them for your kingdom. God, I pray that you help us to continue to work together. God, I pray that you would help us to continue to seek you, that you would guide us and lead us in all that we do so that Jesus Christ can be preached in the world and so that you would receive the glory. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen.